It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. From the Fox News Podcast Network, I'm Dana Perino, and everything will be okay. Welcome back to another episode of Everything Will Be Okay. This week, I'm joined by one of my colleagues and a hilarious stand-up comedian, Jimmy Fela. Jimmy Fela is the host of Fox Across America and truly one of the funniest and kindest people I know. Truly, he's very generous with his time and he just loves his life. I think you're really going to enjoy this. He had a unique career Uh, He was a New York City cab driver, and then he came to Fox News as a radio host. He is inspiring and persevering. He has been on before, but we're going to close out this season with him joining the podcast. I invited him to share a little of his wisdom, of course, laughs and advice for graduates and their parents. The tables have turned. I'm in Jimmy Fallon's studio. I love Jimmy Fallon. I love his studio's got all the toys, which we should actually, we could use these as little... um, conversation starters if we need it. This is like being in a psychiatrist's office. <laughs> and they need you need like props every once in a while. Like, oh, what is it? When, when you th- see this green and white Nerf football, what do you think? Like, why is this here, by the way? What, what I think of, by the way, when I see that green Nerf, okay, mm-hmm. is a is a adequate grade. You know what Mrs. Hennessy, my sixth grade home ec teacher, gave me for sewing that? Mm. A C plus. <laughs> you got And I think that was this. fair. Yeah, I why sewed that in sixth Jim grade home ec. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all it is. But I got... Hey, that's that's pretty good. You only got a C plus. Yeah, in home ec. But the thing is, it's still. I think you should have got an A, mostly because it's still here. <laughs> that's true. It has stood the test of time. That was years back. It hasn't back. fallen apart. I get, mean, get Mrs. Hennessy on the phone. Where is Hennessy? I like. I would like to talk with her, please. <laughs> Hennessy, if you're listening, call in immediately. Does everything here have a story? Yes. Oh. So the, so the way my the way my radio studio works. Um, partly based on what you said earlier, is it's filled with conversation pieces. Mm-hmm. So if I get stuck with like a lawmaker who can only talk to me in talking points, I can break it up and be like, that's the Millennium Falcon. Did you ever see Star Wars? Mm. And it allows you a little more conversational latitude. So I worked in D.C. for a long time. You just got back from D.C. One of my first jobs was in the Rayburn House office oh, building, but we were not in the basement. We we're on the third floor. <laughs> What's your general impression of being in D.C. for a day on the hill? So it was really weird because the Rayburn building specifically, I was interviewing Jim Jordan, is very much like it feels like a high school and that you have a lot of hallway encounters, but nobody's friendly. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can tell me that's the intensity. Did you get of the slammed game. into any lockers? <laughs> I was not, now, the one perk of being me both now and in high school is I didn't fit. Like, you know, I, I'd consider you a liability in that building. Uh, <laughs> but no, I actually got through in one piece. But what I found is there's like a real p- sense of purpose. They've got a lot of things to do. Yes. They are, they're very busy. Now, I loved my job on Capitol Hill, okay. and I highly recommend that everybody spend a year or two on Capitol Hill. I would recommend Lincoln do it. Lincoln will get a kick out of that. What I found jarring about the whole thing, though, for real, is, you know, a testament to the reach here at Fox, is when I was outside filming B-roll, there were so many people that were like, hey, man, we watch you all the time. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's just so nuts to be standing in front of the United States Capitol, you know, and have people mm-hmm. kind of know who you are. Mm-hmm. And granted, they think I'm a guy in like a before ad. They don't think I'm the Fox News guy. It's like, we've seen you in that Nutrisystem ad. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. that's not me. Come on, man. But I was pretty wild. It was pretty intense. I liked it. Why do radio hosts mm-hmm. 
say everybody's first and last name all the time when they're interviewing them? Because it's a reset. So for people that are changing stations and are just joining in, they're like, oh, Dana Perino's with us in studio. And that's what we do, just to re- so they so they know who you're talking to. So podcast people don't do that. Yes. Should they do that? No, because no one is joining midstream. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, and, and this episode was probably titled something along the lines of Jimmy's on today. We're sorry. Do you know what? Do you know why you're on? Um, I don't know if you'll think. I think this is a great honor and distinction <laughs> that you could add to your collection. Mm. Um this is the finale of the season three Everything Will Be Okay podcast. Whoa. Yeah. The, the big and it's closer. been a good season. Uh-huh. It's a really good season. Lots of different types of voices, interesting people we've talked to. I've really enjoyed it. Lives were changed. So this is sort of graduation season. <laughs> and I'm coming to the end. So this is my your, your final exam. Okay, I dig this. Um we did this last year mm-hmm. and when we talked about graduation advice and you have a lot of advice what a year it's been for you though we got a lot done Dana Perino you got if you're a lot just joining done. us Dana Perino's yeah, here on her podcast <laughs> if you're just joining us uh, but it was busy we've been all I've been all over the map but I think uh, to speak to that a little bit mm-hmm. uh, I I have so much fun in everything that I do that I think it shows in the work and creates a little bit of a market to have me around if mm-hmm. that makes sense Mm-hmm. And as we get into advice, I think that's a lot of what I'm going to, you know, kind of impart on people is if you're mindful of the impact you have on your surroundings, it kind of makes you a better commodity. Right. Does that make sense? I always say be a plus. Oh, could you just thank you? Like be a, I always say be a dog with a job. That's what I always talk yeah. to you about. You know, everybody's happy to see a dog. My dog's name is Bixby. If Bixby comes into a room, oh, hey, Bixby, hey, there he is. Oh, there he is. Yeah. If you could be that guy in a room, right. there's so, so much upward mobility for you. That's a great life lesson. Don't be a cat. And I, I like cats, but my people husband, aren't always happy to see the cat. Peter says about cats that cats can't get COVID. No, I'm sorry. The cats can't give you COVID, but they would if they could. <laughs> see, that's a good joke if you deliver it the right, t- no, the right way the first take, time. No, that's a good Because I remember once reading that they say like dogs can detect cancer mm-hmm. and cats can too. They just won't tell you. Won't tell yeah, you. like yeah, whatever. <laughs> I have a little bit of uh, advice. Uh, I, I have this Band-Aid on my head. You saw mm-hmm. it right there. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's Sunday. I don't know. They thought I had to get a biopsy. And, you know, you spend four days going, is this, is this, 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 is, this it? is it? This is, this this the, is the grand finale. It's not. It's benign. But, you know, see your dermatologist, stay on top of things and get checked. Wear some sunscreen. It is um, Skin Cancer Awareness Month in May, also mm-hmm. known as Melanoma May, which I, I, I don't know if that's the right. And I get what they're doing there. Yeah. But. That doesn't seem like the right Listen, way it doesn't, to describe it. It doesn't sound any less fun to me than dry January. I hate dry January. I think that's <laughs> no, a worse on. mistake. Oh, it's Who yeah, came it's up a waste. with that? Not me, man. But just moderate. Just it's, like, it's the worst month of bit. the year. Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? I've got it. It's cold out and we're sad. Let's make it worse. Yes, I know. Like, whose idea was that? And let's make this month feel twice as long as it actually is. <laughs> what if we took the worst month of the year? And everyone struggles through it. And like, oh, sorry, I'm on dry January. I'm like, okay, I know you're going to be throwing them back on February First. Yeah, we're going to get to the bottom of this because whoever came up with it did not have our best intentions at heart. I'm sure it was the CDC. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. So is there anything that you wish you knew in your 20s as you have all of this new opportunity? Yes, this is a good point here. Uh, in investing, they talk to you about compounding. 
And we'll mm-hmm. compound, mm-hmm. you know, you start early, invest early, the interest will compound over time, your money will grow. They always say the best time to invest is when you're young, you know, set up funds for your kids if you have them, but, you know, invest in yourself if you can. Well, it's the th- same thing I would say about your career is we live in this weird age of instant gratification where everybody, I think, unfortunately, is playing the comparison game way too much. But so always, much. All the time. Like I look around, I'm like, is everyone on Ozempic but me? <laughs> what yeah. is going and answer, on? And the answer is yes. I have talked to so many people. What's like, going on? I, I don't get it. And is it really, is it the panacea? Is it the... Golden ticket? There's got to be a catch. I, there's always a catch. That's there's the, got to be a catch. Yeah, what the, is the catch? I, I want to know. Either everyone's on Ozempic or the Instagram filters have gotten really good. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, people are have July bodies right now. And I'm not buying it. I'm not there's buying some, it. Something's going on. It's, it's, like, the, it's the Ozempic. Remember that one summer where everyone broke the home run record? Yeah. Like, wait, we didn't all get this good wait, out of nowhere. About? You think I know that summer? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's true. Dana reads sports. Not right. here, she doesn't. I don't know. Um, but the point I was going to make is when it comes to compounding and investing, okay, in your 20s, and this is the thing I didn't know, like I've kind of rerouted my li- life in my 30s and kind of got to where I was, but I might have been here 10 years earlier mm-hmm. if I had applied myself with the same level of efficiency in my 20s. But what a lot of people do is they use their 20s to find themselves. It's a terrible idea. No, just go to work. But yeah. that's the compound that I'm talking a, about. There's a great book that I recommend to graduates of high school graduates and their parents. It's called The Defining Decade by mm-hmm. Dr. Meg Jay. Okay. And it's about how you have to apply yourself in your 20s because I know how tempting it is to think I'm just going to go work at the ski slope for a couple years and look believe me all that sounds so tempting Um, but everybody else that's hustling in their 20s and you think I'll just make it all happen when I get you know 28 30 Mm -hmm. 32 when I'm 32 I'll meet the right person that's when I'll start a relationship that's when I'll get my best job that's when I'll buy a house like life just doesn't work that way in your twenties. That's when you have to hit it, so and, that you can enjoy enjoy your forties. No, it's a great point. And like success doesn't quite find you. You kind of make your own luck. So if you get out there and you're working hard and you're investing in yourself early, again, you know you could choose the wrong career path at twenty two and figure it out at twenty five or twenty eight and make that adjustment, recalibrate on the fly. The people who take the time to find themselves don't ever genuinely find themselves anyway, because they always tell you, like, especially when it comes to the creatives, um, the best idea always reveals itself in the doing. Meaning you think you have a good idea, you start working on it, and you go, actually, this script I was writing about a bus stop should actually be about a ski stop. I know it doesn't make any sense to you, but the point is in, in attempting to conquer this creative challenge, you realize there was a better way to do it all along. And mm-hmm. that's the point of diving into your career. You might think you have the answer and then learn in the process that there was a, a pivot that needed to be made. The sooner you start investing in yourself, the sooner you do become the person in the comparison game who's winning. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think professionally in my career, a lot of stand-ups and stuff like that see me, you know, hosting TV shows or running around the country and selling out theaters. I'm like, yeah, I should be doing that. And well, you would be if you mm-hmm. were willing to have invested the last 15 years of yeah. driving a cab 84 hours a week and writing all night and being a zombie like me. I love that you travel the country as much as you do. I don't want to travel the country <laughs> as much as you do. I used to travel like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've traveled three times in the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a lot out there. Uh. <laughs> because of the delays, 
the, I mean, yeah, travel. Pete, and stuff. My husband thinks that I have bad luck mm-hmm. and that the delays are all often happening on flights that I'm going to be on. And it makes me feel bad when he says that because I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. <laughs> but you're like, not- you're, like you say, like you create your own luck. I yeah. can't create my own luck on the plane. Well, positive energy attracts positive outcomes. <laughs> if you're in a casino, the, t- the blackjack table that's high fiving and cheering is the one that makes the money. The people muttering under their breath, okay, like so I'm so unlucky. Okay, so what should I do to have a better time at the I, airport? I, at a minimum, more high fives. I mean, it sounds like we've, <laughs> you've got to embody that casino mindset. No, I mean, the truth is, everywhere I go in life, I, I genuinely have a positive a- attitude. And I, it, at, at a minimum, maybe it attracts some type of good vibe that gets you going in the right direction. It's well, bad. I'm not like Miss, Miss, Miss Downer. Okay, well, you made it sound like you were. Well, I feel like it now that you said that. But well, you I should. don't know, it's weird, like the weather's bad, like... Oh, the planes. But anyway, you travel a lot of it, almost yeah. every weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, every What I do now is I go on the road every other weekend. So we just got back from Clearwater. I know. I want to go to one of your and Kennedy's shows so badly. It's pretty rowdy. Like, we, it was like, where we were in Clearwater was nuts. It was like a yeah. thousand people. Yeah. We do our acts. Like, she does about 25 minutes. I do about 45 as stand-up. Then we do a Q&A, and it just Love goes it. all the way off the rails. Because people it. like to interact. It's kind of fun. But basically every other week. So I'll be in Iowa, then Mesa, Arizona, mm-hmm. then Lexington, Kentucky, then we're going to Vegas. We're all over the place. You're going to Vegas with Kennedy? Yeah, that's going to be a banger. Wow. Yeah, I don't know that we come back from that alive. <laughs> I don't know that we're supposed to either. Now, do you always go the day before? Before, or like, how do you do it so that you don't miss something? Because I, I was going to the Bush Cheney reunion, flying there on the Friday afternoon for a Friday evening thing. Mm-hmm. Missed the whole thing. That's the worst. So do you, I was wondering, does that ever happen to I you? I usually pad a day of travel. You, you try not, uh, for a theater gig. Yeah, you tr- yeah, you can't you do that, especially if you sold of, tickets. Yeah, so you give yourself a little room if it, if it goes sideways. But I think a lot of travel comes down to, you got to know a thing or two about booking. And what I mean by that is, uh, you should always get on the first flight of the day wherever you're I going. agree. Okay. I don't care how late you are. 5 a.m. to whatever you got to do. Sleep three hours, sleep four hours. Absolutely. It's so much better than sleeping those extra hours to be in the airport for nine hours because your flight didn't get 100%. off the ground. Obviously, you want to minimize connections. A lot of people don't put enough thought into that because it's weird when you get onto like a booking site. They'd be like, yeah, you were going from uh, New York to Michigan with a layover in Paris, France, but you save $38. I'm like, no, you don't save anything. Right, <laughs> it's just the odds. You just ruined my life. The odds of you not making it got exponentially worse. Mm-hmm. So you've got to work in efficiency, uh, positive energy, and punctuality. This is another thing that I see go wrong in travel. And this is the traveler's fault, not the airline's fault. The airlines do a lot of things wrong. There are a lot of people who aren't punctual when it comes to budgeting time for the airport. Gutfeld deserves a lot of credit for this. He fa- he's famous. Nah, uh, no, but he he's you all- can overdo it. Yeah, well, yeah, because he'll get there like th- a day and a half early. Yeah, yeah, all right. So maybe so. Okay, but the point well, I'm is, I'm a two-hour early person. Fair. Hour and a half, two hours. I always get there, and I have TSA pre-check. I have Me clear. Which I love is, the clear. Yeah, clear is well clear if you can find an airport that takes it. Like I. Well, you know, you can't go with American Airlines. Won't work with clear. Yeah. But you, every other airline pretty much does. So, mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, American, but... I, I know, thanks. Uh, I'm in plenty of places that don't accept it, but I have TSA pre-check for that. But the point is, even so, I still just get there early because it takes the agitation out of your process. Right. When you talk about life advice so to true. kids that are graduating... How do you minimize the stress? Yes, take your emotional overhead... Take your logistical overhead and minimize it at every turn. It's great life advice is ask yourself this question. Am I making my life harder? Do I need to send an email saying I'll get back to you in five minutes? Just wait the five minutes and respond. You know what I mean? It's all, a lot of it has to do with efficiency. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people get wrong is people complicate life in ways that doesn't need to be complicated. And then they ruin, it ruins their zen. 
big time. And yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that in terms of you have to figure out a way to plan ahead. And like, that's not your boss's responsibility. That's your responsibility. That's you, baby. And that's what you're going to get judged on. So you got to manage your own game well. We'll be right back with more of this interview after this. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. Have you ever worked at a place where they ran early for meetings? Yeah. Wow. I mean, the Bush <laughs> White House was like that. <laughs> Who are you people? Now, the Fox Fox and, and TV in general, that's mm. like an on-time situation. Yeah. You're always a little bit early. You can't be five minutes late. You can't work from home. You, can't, mm-hmm. you have to be on time because the show starts at a certain time. But there's another aspect here, but there's a, a, a group that helps us sell mm-hmm. all that we're doing. They run early. Yeah. And you got, I'm, I'm like, I'm still in hair and makeup. <laughs> and they're like sending 20 texts saying, get, where are you? Are we here? Are we doing this? You, you guys ready? <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Okay. So I have to re, so, but now I know that yep. it's happened to me. I've gotten caught out twice. Mm-hmm by the, the same group. And I'm like, okay, in order for me not to get stressed and for them to get what they need, I just need to show up to hair and makeup 20 minutes earlier because they're going to be 15 to 20 minutes early for their meeting. Listen, early is your friend. Mm-hmm. It's always your friend. And again, budgeting the emotional cost of being late sometimes spills into the quality of the work you do. So you're trying to minimize adversity for yourself anywhere you can. Like, I promise you, for whatever the heck it took for me to be from where I started to where I am, I have put so much thought into all of this stuff to make it work. You know, you start out because basically what happened Mm -hmm. to me is when you're driving around in a taxi, you are an affordable therapist for a lot of people who assume they're never going to see you again. So they dump everything on you. Conspiracy theories, relationship issues, everything in between. And they assume they're never going to see you again. Here's a newsflash. Sometimes they do. And it's awkward. You're like, oh, hey, cowboy. How'd it go? (laughs) All right. Look who's back. You still got the uh, cowboy hat on there. Okay. Uh, But the point is you hear so many people talk about their own careers, their own relationships. You hear so many instances. It's weird when you're just listening in good faith, Dana, and you're trying to give someone the honesty of, hey, I'm never going to see you again. This is what I think of your problem based on what I've heard you say. (laughs) Most of the people I'm listening to are causing their own problem. Does that make sense? It's like that old, the cask of Amontillado, where the guy thinks he's walling in his enemy, but he's actually sealed his own fate in the process. Mm -hmm. People are actually causing themselves too much grief in their everyday life. I don't know if it's because some people run on adversity or they're just not efficient. But the point is, if you're punctual and you're prepared, Mm. this is an Eli Manning saying. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls with the Giants. I know how passionate you are about sports. Okay. Eli Manning famously said, pressure is something you feel when you're not prepared. Because mm-hmm. they were asking him about playing in the Super Bowl. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm prepared. We've been practicing all year. I'm, like, I'm excited. Right. And you know, yeah, so I, said, I wrote about that and everything will be okay. That mm-hmm. I feel that we have turned the word anxiety into this bad word mm-hmm. that everyone's like, I don't want any of that. I don't want any anxiety. I'm like, well, actually, for example, there's this young woman who's about to go work on a campaign. She's mm-hmm. leaving. And she's nervous. Yeah. I said, good. Yeah. So that's the good stuff. That's the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. When you're not sure what you're getting into, you don't know what your job's going to be. Fabulous. You get to help decide. You don't know where you're going to live. That's awesome. I love it. I'm like so excited. I said, turn all of that like uh, into <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Like, everything's going to be okay. You're an educated, loved American. Yep. What could go wrong? No, you just got to get on it and go. But the, that anxiety is there because you do care how it goes. That's you using yes, you that anxiety to. as fuel to hold yourself accountable. Mm. The people who don't feel that, comedy's a good example of this, okay? The guy eating his fingernails in the green room kills. The guy who's off to the side shadow boxing, like, oh, we got this. That guy usually bombs because he's not in his space, you know? Do you know how you travel every other weekend to do shows, to perform? Mm-hmm. Is there anyone that you would drop everything for to travel to, mm. to watch? Oh, like as an act? Yes. Like, who do you want to see? Oh, man, that's a good one. Let me think right now. If there was a working comic, I would just be like, I got to go see the guy. I don't know. I mean, I like Chappelle, but I've seen him enough in the clubs here in New York mm-hmm. that it's not. This is the problem with New York. This is where it ruins us. Mm-hmm. Everybody works out on the same stages here. So mm-hmm. if you're watching a Netflix special tonight, mm-hmm. I probably saw it last night in front of an audience they were working it out on. You know, whether it was a Chris Rock special that just came out or whenever Seinfeld does or Chappelle does. So I, th- I think specifically for an act, I mean, I kind of enjoy Chappelle the most mm-hmm. in a live audience scenario because comedy is like very much like a conversation. You say something, they respond, whether it's through laughter or like what the heck. So it would probably be Chappelle in a venue I haven't seen. Does Chappelle know? I think that he does. He seems to pick his moments of when he's going to make a comment on social issues, social commentary, like when mm-hmm. he went to San Francisco and yeah, said, yeah. guys, seriously, <laughs> what is going on? Um, does he know about that power? Does he utilize it knowingly, What knowing what he's doing? Meaning, does he know that it's going to make it into the news cycle the next day? Yeah, does he do it with a purpose? I don't think so. I actually don't think you so. Don't. I think those are his genuine views. Huh. I also, well, I agree. I yeah. know that they're no, no, genuine. I, know. I just wonder no, if No, I just like, mean in general, like he said them because he felt like they needed to be said in that moment because he just happened to be there. Okay. I think he's operating independently of this space. I really do. He, Chappelle, doesn't, he doesn't listen. He he's care. also a guy, and I'm not like telling tales out of school. He is smoking like a yard of weed. Really? Oh, yeah. I used to do that. Well, I, we'll just, just wait, know that about you. But that was like an hour ago. <laughs> Stick with me. Let's talk about the now. Let's get into the now. I'm kidding. But no, he is, you know, he's got his philosophical way to him. Mm-hmm. And he's just part of live comedy is like very much being in the moment. Like someone drops a tray of drinks. So there's a rowdy bachelorette party. You've got to address the thing in the moment. If you're doing live stand-up in San Francisco, you're in a moment with these other people who took the same terrain into the theater as you did. We all saw The Hobbit. You know what I mean? Meaning we all saw the guy arguing with the parking meter out front, and we saw everything that I saw on the way in here, and that's what you're kind of speaking to. So I think he was specifically speaking to the room, you know, and there's just the potential for the room to make its way out to the world. Right. And I would imagine that if the people that were there watching that are from San Francisco are probably like, yeah, you're right. Oh, a thousand percent. Like, yeah. they know. Did, did you ever see, I think I might have asked you this before, but I'll just ask it again. The Russell Peters Netflix special when he was in Mumbai, India. No, was it good? Honestly, it's, it is very rare. Okay. I never watch things twice. Really? Not movies, nothing. I'm like, I have too much to do. I don't like to read books twice. Other, there's a few books in my life that I've done that too. So when I was a kid, yeah. I read them over and over again. Tales of a Fourth Grade, nothing. Oh yeah, no, Sheila the Great. <laughs> you know, are you there, God? Like I read them a hundred times. Margaret's calling again. Yes, but uh, and Patron Saint of Liars is a book that I've read a few times. I just I'm I'm going back through the classics right now, mm-hmm. just because I can't take the wokeness of it's current too much. Uh, novels. Although it's getting a little better. It's getting a little better. So Russell Peters, you know his background. Yeah, his of course. His parents are Indian. He grew up in Canada, mm-hmm. and then he goes to Mumbai. Now, he didn't grow up in Mumbai, mm-hmm. but he goes, and this audience is huge. You're right in India. It's like 
you take one, a, a normal audience here would be, it's times 10 yeah, yeah. there. That, it's a gigantic room. And he has them laughing so hard, and all he's doing is making fun of them. Oh, that's and making funny. fun. And I'm thinking, the, it's a, just a, such a great universal thing, laughter, and ridicule or parody of your um, culture, your parents, your government. There's a release that you need as a human. And one of my pieces of advice is find a way to keep laughing. Dude, it keep is, it light. It is such a good life skill. And coping mechanism, like yes. when life comes at you and things go wrong. Like I can tell you this, my wife and I, when we had Lincoln and I was driving a cab and she was home with Lincoln in the beginning, she lost her job and she was pregnant. She got another job. She's okay. But we were, and I, I mean this, like people talk about, you know, being so poor, they don't have money in the bank. Like we didn't have a bank. Like I had a bank of Nike. Okay. And I was, I had a shoebox, and I was hoping to do well enough that I could bank at Reebok someday, mm. but we were having so much fun. We didn't know, like, mm -hmm. you know, when we found out we were broke when we weren't like, we were like, wow, wait, so yeah, yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah. that's what we were doing. But it was so much mm -hmm. fun because we knew how to laugh right. and that's what everything was. So comedy for a lot of people, it is kind of like a coping mechanism in that it takes the power away from adversity because you laugh at it. You know, I had a grandmother, it was a double amputee later in life, who was hilarious. Like, I remember she getting driven home on an accessoride bus, and we were in a blizzard. <laughs> and she told the driver, she's like, it's the one with no footprints in the snow. And I was like, my God, but it was funny, you know, but it was, that was the point. She was dealt a specific hand and she had a good time playing it. And that's mm -hmm. what you're supposed to do, Dana Perino. Mm -hmm. Dana Perino, Thank indeed. You. More to come right after this. So, Jenny, mm. is she a saint? First ballot hall of fame, Jenny Fela. I always say Jenny Fela is God showing off. It's him being like, I can do one of these every mm -hmm. once in a while. No, Jenny's a good egg. She grew up on a dairy farm, so mm -hmm. she didn't know how much better she could do at mm -hmm. the time we met. You know, she was surrounded by cattle and everything else. She, you know, she kind of sold, her dad she sold low. Yes, he's a great sport. Thank goodness. But, huh? you, know, but you know what he did do? Uh, you know, that very cliched country thing about the first time I came to take Jenny out and meet the family. He did the mm -hmm. shotgun thing. Yeah. But we did think it was really funny. <laughs> and he was a great sport and he's a great sense. Of, he's a great sense of humor. And uh, her family, they're just good, basic people, which I like. So is Lincoln going to be a senior in high school? No, he's going to be a sophomore that looks like he's a senior in college. He's like 6'5". Oh, wait. That's right. Yeah, he's just tall. Everyone thinks he's, he's older. He's so tall. Is it? That's hard for kids, right? When you're so much taller than everybody else and people think you should be older well, than you are. Well, this is the problem. It's hard for people who meet him because adults think they're talking to a really dumb 22-year-old. <laughs> like, who's this 6'5 guy talking about Pokemon? What's going on here? Is this kid from a home? Where did you find him? Uh, but no, he's a good sport. He likes to give me a hard time. He does great impressions of my wife. And my family, it's really funny, Dana, but we like we kind of hang. It's almost like we're roommates. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. They're, you know, always talking about what happened on TV. So you don't need to, to worry about graduation advice for him for a while. The link man is two years out. Mm -hmm. Okay. But oddly enough, because he has Jenny's ac academic acumen, mm -hmm. he could like Doogie Hauser his way out of high school in like another year. Mm -hmm. Like, no, he's. Would he's, you want him to do that? No, I want him to stay a kid as long as he can because yeah. he's a young yeah. kid and you've yeah. seen, we've seen the real world. There's like, there's plenty of time. Yo, no You're question. You're going to be working for a long time. Thank you. <laughs> yes, and you are. Um, when you think about college, mm -hmm. so I just got back from giving a commencement speech to the school that I went to. You helped me yep. with a couple of jokes. Did you ever? I'm going to give you a piece of advice. Mm -hmm. Not you. You, you <laughs> as Listen, in Fela. podcast. Um, in today's world, mm -hmm. no matter how short your speech is, cut it in half. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, an audience cannot, you cannot hold them. 
Now, also, the audience was like way out there. Mm-hmm. There's 10,000 people. You yeah. can't get a... F- I'm like, is this thing on? Hello? Like, <laughs> I, I, but I got wonderful feedback when it was over. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I'm sitting there giving this speech and I'm talking about integrity. And then I thought, wait, they just want to hear their names called. Yep. Let me just <laughs> shut up now and Throw the fastball, sing the hits. But one of the things I liked about going there was it's a small school, Colorado State University, Pueblo. Mm-hmm. So Fort Collins gets all the glory. Pueblo basically has always been thought of as a real afterthought. Okay. What this school is accomplishing is very impressive. Um, a lot of kids there are first generation college. Many are working full time while they're going cool. to school as well. They have some great new majors that have to do with uh, engineering and electronics. Um, in the mass comm department mm. where I went, they now have esports, which I'm just like, that one, that's great. That esports. Th- and I'm like, no, it's a huge industry. Monstrous. And they're thinking ahead and they're doing some great things. And their student loan debt at the school is like under $20,000. Stop. Average. It. Average. For wow. people, for anybody who does get student loan debt, the average is like $20,000. So, in some of these smaller four-year schools could be a good place because still a lot of parents want their kid to have a four-year degree. Yeah. Even if an apprenticeship and becoming an electrician or a plumber is really um, attractive, partly because guess what the greenies are really worried about now? Get this. Give it to me. There's not enough electricians to do the transition oh, that they you want. Don't say. Yeah, and guess You'd... what else? Mm. It takes a long time to permit these projects does it Who ever? Who knew? Yeah. So there's an opportunity right now for people to look at alternatives to getting, you know, $250,000 in debt in college. Mm-hmm. There's just a way to look around a little bit. And wonder if you think about that as well, you travel the country. Well, here's the best advice I can give you. Okay. And it kind of rolls in everything we've discussed about me traveling and comedy and picking majors and investing in yourself at an early age. Every career that you're out there contemplating right now as a college graduate or a high school graduate comes with a lifestyle. And people make career choices oftentimes based on the type of work they're doing, not mindful of where that leaves them socially or whether or not they want to start a family or what their actual pursuits are. And I think a lot of people fall in love with jobs and then realize, oh, this means I'm never going to do anything else because the hours are here. You know, and I think what people should be mindful of is like, what do you like? What do you like personally? Like, what do you like socially? Like, what aligns with those values? Because that's where you'd find the type of career that allowed you to not feel the work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of times our opinions of the type of work we want to do growing up are based very heavily on the people in our lives that do them. Like, I wanted to be a cop because everybody I know was a cop. Mm-hmm. I actually passed the police test. Uh, That's I, hard to believe. I got, well, stop it. I got hired by the NYPD and the Port Authority at the same time. But by then I had already started comedy and I was like, no, I don't need your right. job and your benefits. I'm making $6,100 a year. <laughs> Get out of here with your pension. I'm getting paid in Michelobes. You know, it's probably a good thing yeah. that you said no. Of course. I wouldn't be anywhere near any of this, Mm -hmm. but that's the point. And, um, you know, I think for everybody listening, as you're trying to figure out a career, obviously there are ways you can help yourself be a better employee. Things we discussed, like being punctual and having a good attitude and being a force multiplier, positive energy, but where you've got to exercise in self-care is you've got to ask yourself the question, how much life does this leave me to live? Right. You know, some professions you want to do and then you find out you're going to be in college for 10 years and you're going to owe somebody $3 million. No. You might not like it. Right. That's a long way to go. 
Right. Well, there's are there parts of the country that you are excited about that are growing that you think people should consider? Idaho is the nicest state. Okay. I love it. It's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, because you've got that Pacific Northwest vibe mm-hmm. with the mountains and the high desert up there mm-hmm. if you're into that sort of Without thing. Without the socialism. Thank you. There's no so Nobody's going to make you hate the country. You know, your cost of living is not oppressive. But, you know, homelessness is a problem all around the country. One thing I couldn't believe is at this Colorado State University mm-hmm. Pueblo mm-hmm. Uh, event is I asked one of the county or one of the mm-hmm. board of governors yeah. folks that I was seated next to uh, from a smaller town yeah. nearby. I said, what's the biggest problem that your community is trying to solve right now? And he said, homelessness. Yeah. And, and you know, you know what the plan is to address it in most of these cities is to just change the name. They're calling them they're like unhoused people. Yeah. Well, depending on the state, you also have to call them free range people. I believe is the new. That's so stupid. But Idaho, like, yes, I think that's a, an exciting. Yeah. Uh, Idaho is great. You know what? I love. I love Colorado, as you know. Mm-hmm. I like Southwest Colorado's gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. Idaho, I like the Pacific Northwest. I just don't like how I don't like yeah. how it's run. I just right. had a cousin who left here to go to Portland. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful, and it's like I couldn't really stage too much of an intervention because I was letting her leave live here. Right. It's, you know, who am and what I? what does she think? Uh, so far, she's doing all right. Yeah. But she's on the outskirts of Portland. Yeah. You know, well, that's, you can that's do right. the way That's the way you do it. But all right. A couple fun. of uh, just short questions and then them. we will let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter or Instagram? Ooh, if you had to do one or the other, I would say go on the gram. Yeah. Do you want to know why too? Yeah, please. Really quickly. Because the gram is, is more positive. You can watch stand up. You can watch dog videos. You know, here's. I love the dog look. videos. Of course you do. Do you think it's annoying when your wife. I don't know if Jenny does this, but I yep. did this to Peter the other day. Not only is the air travel bad, but then getting into the city, uh-huh. leaving Newark at 4.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. took two hours oh, stop to get it. to the city, okay? I didn't have a good cab driver. No, I had a good cab driver. It was just like a thing. Um, so I read every article that I could possibly read so I could prepare for work the next day. And then I started looking at Instagram reels, and I was laughing so hard. And then I kept showing it to Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Check this out. Check this out. And I was like laughing so hard, but they, you have to wait for them to reload. I think you, it was very annoying. You get one video. No one hears a newsflash for everyone listening and yourself, because I feel like I'm staging an intervention for you. Uh, nobody wants to watch anything on anyone else's phone. It's just a thing. It's <laughs> That's a, so true. It, it's so true. It's a hostage situation. Wait, I think this is the beginning of a, of a bit. No, not at all. Men, I don't know women are doing this all the, all time. the time. No, no, no. You could create a bit around oh, this. Okay. Because women are like, okay, my sister, I, I know she has a full-time job. How does she find all of these memes? Yeah. And she sends me memes all day long. We don't talk. Yeah. We just send memes back and forth to each other and laugh our butts <laughs> There's off. There's a cat on a ceiling fan. I, oh, okay. yeah. And we just laugh and S- laugh and Sending laugh. it is not holding them hostage in their presence because now right. they're not okay. only stuck looking, but they're, all, they're also mindful of the fact that you're gauging their reaction. So they're in this <laughs> uncomfortable standoff. You know what it's like? It's like, you know, when you go buy a pack of batteries now and the cash register's like, do you want to leave a tip? And you're like, well, this is awkward. And you're in like this standoff. That's watching some something on your phone. You get one video. Okay. Show them one but the video. The other thing that's happening is, okay, so Peter's, we're streaming a show, we're streaming mm-hmm. a show, but you know how people are stealing a glance at their phone while yep, they're yep. watching a show? Mm-hmm. If you if you accidentally turn one on that like automatically starts playing the audio, yep. Peter doesn't like that. No, and he shouldn't like that. Yeah, because it's like, oh, sorry, sorry. Because like, now he knows I'm not actually watching the show. Number one. Number two, no one wants to hear your audio. No, no one wants does. to hear audio they're not a part of. Okay, there was a guy in the plane. He was playing a bowling game. <laughs> okay. And he didn't realize that the sound was on. I, I mean, yeah. I think he didn't realize. It's a little older uh-huh. or whatever. But he's playing bowling, and every time it went, Yep. But ding, 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 dong, dong, ding. And then there was like this jazz music that went along with it, and the whole cabin was like, would you such, like, stop it. But I, I, 
mean, it's weird. Like, when do you intervene? Do you ever intervene? I'm not that guy because I don't feel like getting punched in the throat. Mm-hmm. I have too much gratitude. Like, I don't road rage. I don't get fight with anybody over anything. I get. I could road. I could rage. I know over you're noise. capable over noise. No, I, can't I get it. Stand me too. Because we hit an age where a sudden noise is unnerving to me. Yes. Anything's loud. Anything goes wrong. Ah. You know, yeah. I'm that person. So the point is, be be a self-aware content consumer. Don't hold people hostage with videos you like because they very well may not like them, number one. Number two, they didn't have to watch them. Like, I wouldn't want to watch a video on my wife's phone of me hitting a lottery. I didn't know I entered. <laughs> but she'd still like, so she's become more mindful of it now, but she was you. Like, hey, here, you got to check this one. I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. And then how annoyed was the cab driver? He had to have been like oh, really annoyed. Oh, he drove that thing me. into, the, into the Hudson after he dropped you off. Here's the thing. If you like a video, send it to him. Send it. Okay, but this is annoying. Peter doesn't actually have Instagram, so if you have to send him something, you have to go into another thing and then click here and then text it to him. Fine. That's not nearly as annoying <laughs> as accosting him at an island in your kitchen and holding him hostage no, while he was like, on in the, the back of a taxi. That was <laughs> That's bad. even worse. It was so bad. It's a captive audience. No. And also because the sun was shining, so he couldn't actually see the screen. Oh, poor yeah, Peter. He, I know. What Everyone gonna, feels bad for him. I want to start a husband support group of guys that have been held hostage by Instagram videos. My last question for you is, yep. do you ever think twice before you tweet? Yes. Really? Although it doesn't because always read that way. It doesn't. <laughs> I will see your tweets and go, oh, oh, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy Fela. Jimmy, what I are you doing here? Yeah. Well, this is what happens. I think from time, I think from time to time, what happens is we tweet in a moment. Yeah. Okay. Just no, stick with me though. That evolves. So at the time you tweeted something, it doesn't look as problematic as it does eight hours from now. That's what I'm mindful of. But as a comic, what I give myself the right to do is I just delete it. (laughs) I'm not issuing like campaign releases here. Years and years ago, I said I was going to write a book called and publish it in the future. Mm -hmm. That was called Tweets I Never Sent. (laughs) But I realized it wouldn't be funny then. No, because the context of Twitter is so immediate that the things that pop happen because there's this collective psychology in that moment that made it resonate. Yeah. But it doesn't always last. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a really bad thing. So if you wanted more career advice, number one, stay off Twitter. But number two, give yourself the permission to make sure everyone understands you're never serious. You're never serious. Because then you can walk away from something you tweet. I think what we take away from this, graduates, is keep it light. Keep it light. Have fun. Enjoy your life. Thank you. You're All either right. living or dying in this world. Get out there and live in a good way. Yeah. And thank you, Jimmy. Ah, oh, Dana Perino. Thank you. <laughs> the best. <laughs> All right. As we said, as you go on in your life, good luck to you and keep it light. Make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. I'm Dana Perino. Everything will be okay. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.